For those of you who are currently struggling with mental health issues, anxiety, depression, bipolar disorder, and or eating disorders, please know this is a trigger warning. You may not feel comfortable listening to this episode. I do talk about some things that might hit maybe a little bit too close to home. So just be mindful at any point in this episode, if you feel you should click off, please feel free to do so. This one is extremely interesting. Buckle up, friends. So, the the year was 2008. The month was August. August 2008. I was now seeing a psychiatrist who was actually the best psychiatrist I ever had. Because she actually explained things to me. No other psychiatrist took any time whatsoever to explain anything to me. This psychiatrist, though she had many flaws and maybe didn't have the best judgment and whatever, whatever, she was the best psychiatrist that I had because she tried to explain things to me. So my sessions with her weren't five minutes long. My sessions with her were maybe half an hour long. And I actually... This psychiatrist was also open to different forms of treatment. So she had a wide variety of things for me to try out to see if they helped. Um, I'll, maybe I'll talk more about this another time, but I did hypnosis therapy with her. 
Um, she also had like, I don't know what you call it, but basically you put your hand on this thing. Actually, my crystal healer uh, said she used to work with one of these things. But I don't know, it's basically this thing where, um, this type of technology where you put your hand on it and it detects maybe heat and pressure or whatever from your hand and it goes through a, a computer software thing and it tells you different things. I'm not explaining it right. I don't even remember what it was called. I just remember that's something I also did with the psychiatrist. So her name and I started seeing her in high school um, in my senior year and I would you know go there every month for my regular appointments for my medication and I would also go there like I said for my hypnosis therapy and most of the time uh, she only offered certain services certain days certain times so um, in my senior year I would have to leave school to go do my hypnosis therapy and then I would come back and sometimes I wouldn't come back <laughs> Okay, senioritis, I have my own car, I have my own license, yeah. But anyway, so, summer 2008, I had already been seeing Dahlia about a year or so, and um, I was getting ready to go to college. Uh, there was a huge, huge, huge uh, mental breakdown at the end of my senior year. I won't go too much into it right now, maybe at another time, but uh, there was a situation with my ex-boyfriend, he cheated on me, I did not take it well at all, and I ended up having to be at that same mental hospital that I talked about in, a, in um, the Ativan episode, I went back there in 2008, spring 2008, because of because of that situation, and I stayed there much longer, and it was only supposed to be a hold, but it, I had to be there longer because I was not um, calming down, things were not getting better, <laughs> uh, it was a very serious situation, but, so that's the background to Zyprexa, so fast forward, you know, after I graduated, um, things kind of got, I kind of got back on track in a way. Um, I participated in a dance summer intensive, which is very common if you're on the track to becoming a professional dancer. It's almost required that you do summer intensives because it's just a very good time have more free time it's very good they have a really good program for kids to just be really hardcore training so I think that really helped me but in a way it was kind of not helping me because I started to feel like burnt out which makes sense I just went through a huge psychological meltdown and then I'm trying to be I'm trying to force myself to do the best I can do in ballet while still having 
an anxiety disorder, depression, um, eating disorders, you know, it, I just don't think it was just not a good time. So to help, you know, for thought, maybe let's put you on Cyprexa. Um, so, you know, I was just like, okay, yeah, sure. I mean, up until this point, I thought Dr. Who was really great. I trusted her because she was the first psychiatrist that took time with me and tried to explain things to me and she would like um, she had she always had a piece of paper out and she would draw things and explain to me well this medication this is how it works and this is how it's gonna help you and you know she was really thorough with me so I really trusted doctor I really liked her um, I probably had seen maybe like four psychiatrists before I saw Dr. Um, so I, I really trusted her. So when she um, suggested or, you know, wrote me the prescription for Zyprexa, I was like, cool, sure, why not? <laughs> and no issue, no issue with me about that. So um, I think, um, I'm pretty sure she just, I was on Zyprexa for a very long time. Um, I think she started me out with just one 15 milligram pill. Um, further on down the line, it would be increased to two pills, three pills, four pills. Um, but she started me out with just the one pill. That's usually what happens when you start a new medication. They just give you a little bit and then maybe increase as you go along. So, um, notice how I said increase, never decrease. <laughs> That's my story. They never decreased my medication, only increased. But anyway, so I started taking Cyprexa and um, I honestly don't remember Dr. Um, saying much about it. She might have, I just don't remember. Um, so, I mean, I just nothing pops out to me that she said anything about Cyprexa to me. Um, but something I should also say is that Dr. Nett ever tell me, like, uh, you may experience, she never said anything negative about it. I mean, she would explain things to me. She wouldn't say, okay, Michelle, like, you might feel... XYZ, you might see this side effect. She never said that. She would just explain to me how the medication was supposed to work and like what aspect of my mental health it was supposed to help. She never said like anything negative. So I just should let you guys know that. Um, and most psychiatrists, most doctors don't. Okay. The only time any doctor said anything uh, warned me like potentially negative about a medication was when I took, uh, when I took Accutane, but that was my dermatologist, that's another story. So I started taking Zyprexa, and meanwhile, I'm still in this dance program in the summertime. I had taken the regular five-week dance intensive, and then they also offered a an extra smaller two or three week intensive in August. So um, my mom 
being, being, my mom really, oh my god, I'm gonna cry, my mom really isn't, is an angel as much as, you know, there might be a lot of maybe problems or, you know, she really is an angel and I really don't know how she's able to be this way because of everything she's been through, not just like in her life, but with with me, with my other siblings, like, she's really remarkable. I never told her that I was feeling burnt out with dance. I didn't really tell her a lot of things because I just didn't feel safe. And that's like a whole, whole other thing, but I just didn't feel safe talking to her about really important things. So after that five week summer intensive finished, I was honestly relieved because I was feeling very, I was feeling like it was very difficult to go to class every day because once again, now I had a driver's license, now I had my car. So it was kind of all up to me. And like I mentioned before, I, you know, my senior year, I, I started ditching school a lot, um, which was very like not, in my character because like I mentioned before I was a really good girl I really tried to do my best in school um, so for me to start ditching school that's kind of a huge thing because that I would have never thought to do that so when it came to this dance intensive I started to not want to go and my mom paid a lot of money for this dance intensive and I did want to be a professional ballet dancer, but just the place I was at in my life, I just felt like everything was so much. I just wanted to lay in my bed and cry all day and binge. <laughs> was all I wanted to do. Um, so I was really struggling in that five week dance period. And it's already hard people to be in the ballet world, let alone be on the track to becoming a professional. Plus, I was the oldest student in my class because I started ballet so late, so I was just surrounded by all these children who were like, you know, 10, 11, 12 years old, and here I am, 17 going on 18, and these kids are better than me, and it was just like, just not you're constantly hearing criticism and I wasn't a very good dancer I really wasn't I just remember there were like certain certain steps I had struggled with so much certain corrections the teachers would give me all the time and that it never connected with me I didn't get what they were saying whatever whatever I just couldn't do it in my body and the teachers would single me out and um, not saying like this is so messed up for a teacher to do. This is the way it is in ballet. If you're not doing it right, like if a teacher cares about you, they are gonna tell you, they are gonna single you out. They are, you know, like if they don't care about you, they're not gonna say anything and you're just never gonna get better. You're never gonna hear that criticism. You're never gonna get that attention. The thing was, I, I just felt so many, so many times singled out and so humiliated humiliated in front of these literal children 
and I'm so much older and like none of them had boobs I had boobs like it was just like such a strange environment um and I just felt so horrible about myself you know and of course just on top of my already of my already existing um, mental illness you know it's just a lot and um so anyway around this time in august when i was prescribed zyprexa my mother surprised me and she's like michelle i enrolled you in the second in the second um intensive because i were because I, I don't know how my mom found out. I guess she just like found out somehow. Um, I guess when she was paying for the first uh, summer intensive, I guess they had mentioned to her that they're doing a second summer intensive if she wanted to enroll me. And she had enrolled me without me knowing because she thought it, I, it would be a happy surprise because she knew I loved badly so much. And I had gotten, uh, I had gotten a few scholarships. I, the summer previous, I had gotten a scholarship to do the five-week intensive, and then, and then, uh, when I was graduating from high school, I had gotten another scholarship. Um, just when I was applying for a whole bunch of scholarships and financial aid for when I was going to college, so I got. Um, some extra money and so my mom thought since I was going to school for dance you know this would be appropriate you know to, to spend some of the scholarship money uh, that I had gotten in high school for my academics and extracurriculars to do a surprise for me and I I I was I didn't want to do that I didn't want to do another two or three weeks of that um, kind of schedule because it was like you had to wake up every morning early. I had to drive myself to the studio and spend five or six hours dancing and rehearsing. And you know, any other time in my life, I would have been that would have been a dream. But in this time in my life, it sounded like the opposite of what I, what I wanted to do, but I knew that, I thought that it was so kind that my mom did this for me, you know, so I just went with it. So that's when I started taking Zyprexa, and within the first two weeks of taking this medication, I could already see that I was gaining weight. And how I could tell, it wasn't by a scale because we didn't own a scale at my house. It was because I was in ballet class every day in a leotard and tights. And I was in front of the mirrors all day. And the purpose of the mirror is not, is to correct yourself. And having your teachers tell you all day, every day, you know, lift your hip, shoulders here, head here, tilt, turn out, look, look at your spine, look at your hips, look at, you know, I could clearly see myself gaining weight, and I could see that certain clothes that I would wear were 
getting tighter on me. And um, so this was really freaking me out because I was already hyper aware of my weight and my body and not gaining weight. And I, you know, was doing my eating disorder. I was very aware of this. So I could see within two weeks that I was gaining weight. And this really freaked me out. So I, and I said, we need to, we need to have an appointment before, before my next visit because I, I'm noticing effects of Zyprexa. I don't want, I don't think I should be taking this anymore. Um, so I, I got another appointment with her, with her and she dismissed me. Um, she told me, Michelle, you binge eat. That's why you're gaining weight. But I had been, I had been binge eating for years. <laughs> and it wasn't, um, the way that I would binge eat at this time, it wasn't every day, multiple times a day. It was here and there. Um, so it wasn't, it wasn't like my binge eating increased. It was kind of consistent with the past few years. I would binge here and there. Um, so to me, this is what I'm saying, people, you need to know your own and you have to trust your own intuitive guidance because she, she wanted me to stay on that medication. Doctors get paid. The more medication they prescribe, the more money they make. I felt really powerless. Like, and like I said, I trusted her. It's like, cool, this doctor that I trusted, that I thought was on my side, she's ignoring what I'm saying. And it's like, she knows I have an eating disorder. She actually had one herself. She used to be a binge eater. And she would tell me all the time stories about her, um, when she was very overweight, when she was obese. She told me when she was in college and she would take a you know, gym class. They didn't have a uniform that fit her. She would tell me um, she couldn't do the exercises that all the other students were doing, so the teachers just made her sit down and she would just watch the kids participate. She told me all kinds of things. She even told me, she really encouraged me to go to um, Overeaters Anonymous um, groups, because she did that. She was like always in workout clothes. Um, and she was always taking vitamins and all these shakes, and she would tell me like what I needed to do saying like stop eating processed food, like like take a, a, a cooler with you everywhere you go and have 
like yogurt and cheese and fruit and vegetables in there and all this stuff. And she would tell me, she was telling me to listen to this lady, um, Jillian Michaels. You guys might know her. She's pretty famous. She was like a um, fitness guru, at the, very popular at the time. And she would tell me to listen to her podcast. And so I would listen to it um, on my laptop and I would try to do all the things that Jillian Michaels talked about and um, so it was very hurtful when, when I told her like I'm gaining weight I don't think I should take this medication and she's just like nah it's because you're a binge eater that's why you're gaining weight and so you know at the time I didn't feel confident or safe doing my own thing with with my medication or with my health journey in general because um, I knew that I, I had been experienced enough in this world of psychiatric help, you know, mental health issues that I knew that um, messing, doing stuff with your medication without your doctor's uh, advice, going against your doctor's advice, could lead you down some really crazy paths and get you into some really weird situations. So I had already been in the mental hospital twice at this point. One, you know, I felt not justified at the time. And the second most recent time was very, very scary situation. Um, that I had gotten myself into. So I just didn't want to, and I, and my parents, even when I was in the psychiatric hospital the second time, my parents even told me they didn't think I should go to um, college in the fall because of, you know, my situation. Because I was just so unstable. And that really affected me because I had worked so hard my whole life to get good grades to you know and I really loved dance and I really wanted to go to college and I really wanted to have a career in dance and I most importantly I wanted to leave my parents house I wanted to um, be in the dorms and you know live my own life and so I just didn't want to do anything that would um, give give my parents any more reason to think I should stay at home and not go to school and um, so I was already starting to you know I my parents had already started to see me kind of get back to normal so they so I just didn't want to get myself in a situation again especially so close I was supposed to start school in um, in October so it was already August and I so I just I still took Zyprexa. I just kept taking it. And the weight kept coming. I, I kept gaining weight. And when I went to college in the fall, um, my eating disorder as far as binging did get worse because now I had access to a whole bunch of binge food um, all the time and it was 
it was great that my school had, you know, so much food available, <laughs> you know, um, because we didn't have any kind of kitchen or anything like that. They, we had a dining room, and then we also had, like, a whole bunch of snack, like, kind of convenient stores around campus, and in my dorm, it was just go down the stairs, and there you are, there's a little snack store, and it was open all night for, you know, late night study sessions, and of course they had nothing, nothing really healthy there. Of course it was all junk food, and my mom did pay for, like, you know, pay for all my meals and pay for all these snacks, you know, prepaid plan, and, um, so, and just being away from home, and being in this, I don't know, people, that's when my insomnia started, and my, my image of myself got worse, because it wasn't, it was no longer just, I feel FAT, which feeling FAT is not really a feeling, if you know, <laughs> it's not a feeling, um, but it wasn't just anymore that it was just this maybe um, distorted image of myself. Now I really was gaining weight. Now I really was FAT. And my professors in school, uh, they, once again, the professors in college weren't so much critiquing you because of your technique, oh, you don't have enough turnout, you know, whatever, whatever, point your toes more. It wasn't like that. The, the criticism from the professors in college was more like, you know, more like creative criticism. Like, we've seen that before. Like, that's nothing new. Like, you know, that's not original. It was more like that. And so that's what they were... I felt singled out in that way um, by my college professors. And so, yeah, so I did start binging more. Um, so it was a combination, Zyprexa and binging more. And this continued for the next three years. And I kept gaining more weight, gaining more weight, gaining more weight. and. So finally, I, the year was 2009-2010-ish, uh, I stopped because it was, first of all, it was a long commute from Riverside where I was going to school to, so it was just, I felt too much of a distance and I also was frustrated because every appointment I would come in and tell her I'm gaining more weight, I'm gaining more weight. Every time she dismissed me, she said, no, you're binging, no, you're binging, no, you're binging. And she even increased my Zyprexa. So um, I was up to four pills with Dr. Ann. So I was just like, you know what? I'll just start seeing a psychiatrist closer to school. And also maybe this psychiatrist will hear me and will understand me and I can lower my dosage of Zyprexa and maybe get off of it. And so I started seeing Dr. Kathy, which I think her name is Kathleen, 
Kathy, but uh, I just called her Dr. Kathy. And Dr. Kathy was not, was actually much worse than Dr. Um, you guys will hear, I've talked about Dr. Kathy in the previous episode with, um, with Adivan, but, oh God. I feel like I have the most anger, the most animosity towards Dr. Kathy. Because I came to her telling her exactly what I had gone through with Dr. Kathy. And Dr. Kathy did nothing, did not hear me. She didn't hear me exactly in the way that Dr. Kathy did not hear me, but it was much worse because I told Dr. Kathy the struggle I had with, you know, like, this is supposed to be your doctor. This is, doctor is supposed to be helping me. She didn't, she ignored me. I have an eating disorder and I'm gaining weight. And she's supposed to understand because she had gone through that. But she showed no empathy. So I thought I was coming into a better situation. The grass is always greener, right? I thought I was coming into a better situation with Dr. Kathy. Like, oh, she's a different psychiatrist. She's gonna see my struggle. She's gonna hear me. She's gonna have empathy towards me. She didn't. She didn't. She kept me on the same medication. She even added more medication. And years went by, once again, years went by with Dr. Kathy. Same thing, Dr. Kathy, I'm gaining more weight. I really feel it's like, it's because of Zyprexa. She said, no, no, it's because of your food thing. She wouldn't even say eating disorder. She's supposed to be a doctor. She's supposed to know the names for all of the illnesses. No, it's because of your food thing. I just felt really dismissed. Meanwhile, she sees me every month. Sad. I can't sleep, Dr. Kathy. I'm gaining weight. She wouldn't hear me. So what I started to do, the year was 2011. It was summertime. I came to the realization, she's not gonna help me. These doctors don't wanna help me. No one's listening to me. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna take matters into my own hands. And so what I started doing was I started taking myself off of Cyprexa. I didn't tell anybody, I just did it myself. And because I had known already that you're not supposed to just stop taking medication, I wasn't planning on stopping, you know, my Prozac, my Ativan, my Lamictal. I wasn't planning on stopping those. I just wanted to be off the Zyprexa. So I just slowly started taking less and less Zyprexa. I told you guys I was taking four pills 15 milligrams each. 
So I just started taking three pills for a month. Then I and um, then I started taking two pills for like a month. Then I was taking one pill. And throughout the time, and every time I would go back to Dr. Kathy, I would just lie. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. I'm good. Everything's fine. I told her I couldn't sleep, though, because that, that was still a problem. But, um, yeah, so... And I was also seeing a therapist in, the, in that same um, office where Dr. Kathy was at. Office. So I was also seeing a, a therapist um, in the same office. But I never said anything to the therapist. And um, so it all came to uh, the perfect storm. Uh, November, December uh, 2011, I was not in a very good relationship with this guy really not a good relationship whatsoever um yeah it was not good um and so he kind of did something that hurt me and I lost it I really really lost it um throughout throughout the months that I was taking myself off as Zyprexa I felt myself feeling worse like, I would cry more. Every day I would cry. Um, I felt very unstable. And I also started feeling like I had no appetite. And I also was not losing weight. At this time, I did have access to a scale because there was a scale um, in the locker room at my school so I would step on the scale basically every morning and my weight stayed the same and at this point I weighed 200 pounds I was 5'2", 5'3", 5'2 and I weighed 200 pounds so these months when I was taking myself off to Zyprexa I started eating less and less so this was where it was very confusing to me because it's like, if Zyprexa, which Zyprexa was making me gain weight in the beginning, when I'm taking less of it, why am I not losing weight? And I also now don't have an appetite and I'm not eating, so why am I still 200 pounds? Basically, all I was eating, in quotes, was my medication, was my Lamictal, was my Ativan, was my Prozac, and my doxycycline, my antibiotic that I was on at the time for my acne. So what, it was very frustrating, and I felt like I couldn't tell my doctors, any of them, because they, none of them listened to me. They saw me gain all this weight, they knew I had all these issues, but they basically did nothing. Because if they were to really help me, they would not have a patient that helps them get paid. 
so in this perfect storm, I, I lost it, lost it, lost it, lost it, lost it. I, all I could do was cry. I couldn't sleep whatsoever. I did not sleep. All I did was lay on the couch. I couldn't even lay in my bed. I was going through so much. I was hot all the time, extremely hot. And I would just cry. I couldn't sleep. I would just lay on the couch, sweating, crying. I, throughout my whole life, I was always very thirsty. We can talk about this another time, but I was always thirsty all throughout my childhood up until that point. And so if, if there was anything that I would maintain is like drinking water because no one ever had to tell me, Michelle, you need to drink water because I would just drink water because I was so thirsty. I was like parched, dehydrated, basically my whole life it felt like. So for me to be in the situation where I couldn't sleep, I was sweating profusely, crying 24 seven, and not drinking water, that was like a huge sign to me, like something is really wrong when I can't even drink water, when I usually want to drink water. And I wouldn't even like wash my face. Mind you, I still had horrible skin issues and I was very self-conscious about that. I didn't even wash my face. I stopped taking all my medications. I really felt like I was just like, I couldn't, I, I had no will to to do the things that I always did. Like I just, I just cried. Um, I don't even know how long this this happened. Uh, a couple days, a week or two. Thank God I was already done with my uh, uh, final exams because I don't think I would have even showed up. I think I would have failed like all my classes. So it was the perfect storm because it was after all my finals. I, we were now in winter vacation. So, in this moment, I felt I need to go to a mental hospital. That's what I thought. I need to go to a mental hospital and I need to stay there until I get better. And I thought to myself, if that means I don't come back to school for winter, winter quarter that means I don't come back for winter quarter and so I called my mom because my mom you know usually was always on my side and I told her what was happening I didn't tell her everything I didn't tell her about the boy and all that stuff but I told her like that my doctors weren't listening to me and that I was 200 pounds and I couldn't eat and I wasn't sleeping And I told her I need to go somewhere. And she said no. She said no. That I needed to finish school and graduate on time. And I need to make something else work. Because I wasn't going to leave school. And I really felt I had nobody. No one was on my side. My doctors weren't on my side. My mom wasn't on my side. I couldn't even drink water. I, I felt like I wasn't even really on my side. And so 
I went through this whole thing. I called so many uh, psychiatric places where they had group therapy and all, you know, to try to see if what I could make happen, how I could make this work, how I could get help. Some people were nice on the phone to me. Some people were extremely rude and not understanding. <laughs> I had to go through that. I don't know how many places I called. I had a packet. I had printed out from my um, health insurance website. I had this whole big old packet. I must have called, I don't know, like a hundred places. None of them didn't seem like I could make anything work any of these places um so I thought back to myself and I was like well I guess I guess I'll go back to my um my group therapy that I was going to a few years ago um it was called Pacifica Recovery Services and they were in Claremont California and in the daytime, they had a drug and alcohol uh, group therapy program, and in the evening, they had an eating disorder group therapy program. And I had gone there in 2009 when I first realized I had a problem with my eating because I, because I had noticed my pattern of binging and that it got worse and that I was gaining weight, and I just thought I... I have a problem. I didn't think I had a problem when I was 16 and this eating disorder specialist told me I I had an eating disorder. It took a couple years for it to really click with me that I had an issue. And so I went to Pacifica for a few months in 2009 before I went to a, a higher level of care. And then uh, after I got released, from that higher level of care. I just never, um, I went back to Pacifica for a little bit, but I just stopped going for a couple years. So I just thought to myself, I think I should just go back to Pacifica because I know the therapist there. I know what it's kind of like. It's not that far. They understand me a little bit. I think it'll be okay if I just go back to Pacifica. And so <laughs> I called the uh, main main therapist over there. His name is Jim Rhodes. He's a f fantastic therapist. And really, I'm really, really lucky that he exists and that he helped me. you need to tell your psychiatrist what you did. You need to tell your therapist what you did. You need to tell them. And then you can come back to Pacifica. <sighs> I didn't want to tell them what I did because I knew they weren't going to listen to me. They hadn't listened to me for years. Why are they all of a sudden going to listen to me now? 
go back to Pacifica, so I did what Jim told me to do, and I told them. And when I went back to Dr. Kathy, I was so mad at her. I was so freaking mad at her, and I said, this is your fault. You did this to me. You never listened to me. I have to do this myself. It's all your fault. I went on this whole huge rant yelling at her. And she just sat there all smugly like she always did. She didn't say anything. And she just wrote me a new prescription. And that's where this story is going to end. So, stay tuned for the next episode. I didn't expect myself to cry this much, people. Um, but this was a very, it was a very big part of my journey. And a very big part of why I'm here doing what I do today, saying what I say today, giving the advice that I give this exactly right here so i hope you guys enjoyed this episode 15 milligrams of zyprexa stay tuned for next week where i'm gonna talk about the next medication i was prescribed um and it's the medication that Dr. Kathy prescribed to me in this moment when I was yelling at her. So stay tuned, because that's uh, another whole thing. Very interesting. <laughs> so I just want to reiterate, would I recommend Zyprexa to anyone? No. 1,000% do not recommend. Would I recommend any psychiatric medication? No, I wouldn't recommend it. I don't recommend it. I recommend a lot of things before someone should consider psychiatric medication. Exactly because of this experience. Because so many psychiatrists, I saw so many psychiatrists, the one that made any attempt to talk to me, that made any other suggestion besides medication, that offered me anything else. But even she wouldn't listen to me. Even a good, even the best psychiatrist doesn't have your best, doesn't have your best interest. Even when you make, make that hard decision to leave the best psychiatrist you ever had because they're not listening to you and you're struggling and of all people, you think someone who was once very overweight would understand they didn't. All they care about is their is their money. I went to someone else who I thought would be more empathetic. They were less empathetic. And I was and I I put myself, I know, 
I know, doctor, I know, um, you know, I did put myself in that situation. I did. I recognize now, but at the time, I didn't feel like I had any power, like I said. And when I, and when I thought I was doing the right thing, it still didn't make any sense. I still wasn't doing the right thing. Just so many things, getting involved with that guy and all this stuff, like, ugh. At the end of the day, you're the only one you can count on. Because even my own mother was not, felt like she wasn't on my side. When she had been there for me the whole time, in whatever way she could. She thought my school was more important than my health. Which, your health is most important always, friends. Your health is most important always. More important than school. More important than your work. It's the most important thing. And you are in charge of your health. Never put your health in someone else's hands. You can be open to suggestions of people you trust, professionals you trust. You can be open-minded and listen to them, to their feedback and their suggestions, but that doesn't mean you have to do them. What feels right for you, only you will know that. So, no, I don't recommend medication. I don't. by the patrons over on patreon.com slash the underscore freedom underscore fairy where you can also sign up and become a supporter to get a personalized reading from me visit my etsy shop not your average card you can click the link in the description of this episode if you like what i have to share please rate five stars and subscribe to this podcast thank you so much for listening your ears and your attention are appreciated think differently and live peacefully